0: WWE Network, are you able to view it? This is uh, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast with your host, Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Uh, at 9 o'clock yesterday morning on the East Coast, some people tried to go and get into give their money for a one-week free preview to the WWE or even just sign up for the six months, and some of those people are still trying to figure out a way to get in and give their money. Uh, this has been an interesting week for the WWE you've had a pay-per-view you've had a Raw you've had a return of three legends and a UFC uh, champion it's uh, been a couple of interesting days out there Jay uh, what's the first thing that gets to your mind besides you know not being able to watch anything on the WWE Network most
1: likely I mean that's the thing I keep trying to watch th- these pay-per-views that I want to watch and I can't, I can't view them. It's been very, very frustrating to me. Um, uh, so obviously that's the big thing. It's You know, it's funny, Corey. There's so much that's been going on. I feel like things are getting left behind. You know, the Elimination Chamber and the Wyatts and Shield match was amazing. For me, one of the best matches maybe I've ever seen. And we've totally forgotten about that now. I mean, the match was two days ago or three days ago. And it's like it wasn't even... Around You know, with the network, with Hogan, with The Undertaker, with all this stuff that's happened, it's almost like there's certain things that have been kind of glossed over. So it's, it's been a busy week for the WWE for sure. Do you think, though, the reason why maybe that epic six-man
0: tag was kind of being looked over is also because of what we got as the main event match? Not the main event segment last night, but the main event match. You had the two guys who, like, you put on Twitter last night if people were following you at worked shoot pod which you uh, live tweet raw pretty much every week and sometimes impact if you if you're available that match between Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns went very long for guys who aren't used to being in singles matches against guys who aren't great workers and we might have saw that a little bit well and maybe he took Wyatt's, away a little bit I think
1: bit. Wyatt's good in the ring I, I, Wyatt, Wyatt, Wyatt's good in the ring Reigns has some deficiencies we've seen that over and over again, many times. He he's got some he's got some things to work on. But I yes, the match wasn't great. It was slow. The crowd really kind of crapped on them, and we can talk about that uh, about the crowd um, a little later. But I just feel like you know, and and it's not a big deal. But I felt like things got glossed over because of all the stuff that's been happening with the network and you know things like that. I mean, that Shield Wyatt match, the the Elimination Chamber. If you haven't been able to see it. You know, for you people listening right now, for you guys listening, when you have a chance to go back and watch it, it was I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing and an amazing, amazing match.
0: And as you say, for those people listening, you know, last week, come on guys, where's the love? Um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but you know what? Roar was raw was good. Uh, the pay-per-view was had some good moments. Uh, I think that you saw a lot from Big E this week with two good matches. The Shield looked good in there, six-man. Elimination Chamber wasn't the best thing uh, ever, but it was solid. Cesaro continues to look good. So, I mean, there are good good things going out there. There were. And you know what? As much as neither one of us here will ever be members of the Hulk Hogan, you know, fan club, Hogan, Hogan was good last night. He went, he was, I mean, he flubbed... Uh, he basically flubbed his first line, but he saved himself. Yeah, he was fine. And you know what? The crowd... And this is the one thing that TNA, which is the n- default number two company, will never understand is when you have guys who should not be in the ring or past their prime but still will get a pop, you do use them sparingly. You don't use them every single week like they've done with when they had Mick Foley, Cactus Jack... Uh, Sorry, McFoley is Cactus Jack. McFoley, Sting, Ric Flair, when he was there, just to name a couple. WWE has always pretty much been very good with the idea of if you bring guys in every once in a while and they stay relevant. When you put somebody on TV of, who's 60 years old almost or, or older, you put them in the, wing, the, uh, in the ring every week. You lose your you, you lose the effect of a, of a Hulk Hogan or a nostalgia. Flair.
1: The nostalgia factor, you know, if, you get, if you're if you seeing someone over and over again, you know, you get used to seeing them, and, uh, the, you know, the fans kind of get sick of that. And so you get may get an initial pop, and mm-hmm. then people are kind of over it.
0: Exactly. And um, I think that if Hogan is used as, you know, basically as the mascot for this network, that's the perfect way to use him. You have Hogan as the mascot for the WWE programming. You have Ric Flair as the mascot for the WCW programming. And, you know, I guess you have Joey Styles slash Paul Heyman. Maybe you go and go and work with a Tommy Dreamer again at some point. And those guys will be the uh, the faces of the ECW programming. And, you know, that's what you do. You don't need to have these guys on every single week. If all of a sudden we find out Brad Maddox has been replaced as the GM of Raw with Hulk Hogan, that's when I will be, you know, going crazy saying, I, I've never liked Hogan to begin with, this and that, and... Why is he on my screen every week? But if he's going to be there sparingly and he's there for a couple of weeks leading into mania, that's fine. Hogan should not be someone you see on your TV every single week like you saw in TNA over the last year before he uh, had his departure.
1: Do you agree with that for the most part? No, I agree. I agree. Oh, by the way, um, for everyone who listened last week, we appreciate you listening. And we're glad you're listening this week. Continue to listen. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Go ahead. Go I
0: don't ahead. know. Maybe we've had too many members of the LWO on. You know, maybe that. Maybe that's. Maybe that's. What's go, going ahead,
1: on. go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead.
0: But uh, let's get into a couple of positives that happened over this week. I think that this is going to be a positive and a negative. I enjoyed the Daniel bryant uh, Kane match for what it was, but with Daniel Bryant basically challenging Triple H to a match at Mania. And in a one fell swoop, basically not even trying to still get into the main event for the world title, I think is kind of a weird thing change with his character. And I don't particularly like that. But like I said, I like the Kane, the Kane match versus Daniel Bryan. I was wondering what your opinion was on
1: that match. So, you know, I was on Twitter, obviously, and people weren't crazy about this. And um, Alex Greenfield, who's a, um, former, a, a writer. Former, former writer for the WWE, he puts a lot of stuff on Twitter. And the one thing that he said, and, and I noticed this too, is, he, you know, he mentioned, and I was thinking about this. Brian was almost trying to convince the fans that this is what they want to see. But Brian was telling them, you guys, you know, they're not giving you guys what you want. And now I'm going to tell you guys what you want, which is what the WWE has been doing for, you know, how many years, especially in this era. Brian basically said, you guys want to see me fight Triple H. The fans don't want to see him fight Triple H. They want to see him fight for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So I, I thought that promo was really, really interesting. And it really seemed like he was trying to convince the fans that this is what they wanted to see. Um, I, I don't know. I think, as much as I didn't like that part of it, I think the storyline could be really good. I think Brian, you know, now has really established himself as a talker. I think Triple H, obviously, we know what he can do. Um, I think they can have a, a pretty interesting storyline maybe kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit about some of the you know things that have gone on um, in terms of you know why Brian hasn't gotten a push you know all those things um, I think they can make it a really really interesting storyline I just don't like how they started it
0: yeah but you know what how many times are we gonna have storylines about breaking the fourth wall I mean that was the I know it got punk over with the idea of the of the, the pipe bomb promo but he, the whole tight thing, when he faced Triple H, was whole, every single time he says, I'm breaking the fourth wall. I mean, how effective is, are those
1: angles, really? I mean, I think you know, this is the difference. I understand what you're saying. But, you know, I, this isn't, you know, TNA from a couple years ago when every week the guys would just talk about everything that happened in the back. This is something that's been building since SummerSlam. This is something that's been building even since Bryan got into the WWE when they released him so this is a storyline that's actually been built up over several years so they can actually point to things that have happened and make it an interesting storyline and not that, you know, you know, breaking a fourth wall, or whatever people will not know what that means. Breaking a fourth wall basically means talking about what's really going on, you know, in the back, um, really what's going on, you know, in the wrestling business beyond what they want, beyond what the WWE wants you to know. Um, But I think they could make it interesting, and I think it's because of everything that's happened since SummerSlam uh, and over the last couple of years with Bryan and his character and the fans liking him and them not wanting to push him.
0: Now, I believe that the best idea I've heard so far in regards to this whole entire Triple H, Daniel Bryan world title situation came from another show that we've been influenced by is uh, The Law which is another great podcast out there everybody should check out. But Dan Labrasky, one of the co-hosts this past week, had mentioned a scenario that I think is doable. I don't know if they go in this direction. But every, like I said, everyone wants, pretty much the majority of fans, want WrestleMania end with Daniel Bryan holding that world title up, doing the yes chant, and they go off the air. Yeah. Now his idea is, which like I said, I don't think will happen, you have the stipulation in the Daniel Bryan-Triple H match is... If Daniel Bryant wins the match, he would be inserted into the world title match at the end of the night. So basically, you have him wrestle. And one of the guys who could definitely wrestle two matches in one night. You have Triple H face Bryant. Bryant wins. Then later on the night, wow. he goes and uh, gets into the, the, a three-way with, with Orton and uh, Skinny Jeans. And then, you know, you have him win the match, end of the night, that's where you end it with the, him winning the title, everybody doing the yes chant, and then that's where you have your happy ending at the end of WrestleMania.
1: Wow, that would be, that's a that's a tremendous idea.
0: Well, the only thing, though, that before I get more on your take on this is, is that the, yes, wrestling is choreographed and everything is predetermined, we all know that, but if you put that type of stipulation in that if he wins the match, he gets into the title match, does that take away any idea the, you know, any plausibility of the authority actually screwing, you know, screwing Brian? Or does that not even matter? As long as you figure out a way to get him in that title match at the end of the night, that's the only thing care, the fans are going to care about.
1: I think... I think there's no way Brian loses the match, no matter whether there's a stipulation or not. And I feel like they've been building toward that. So I think... The fans, the majority of the fans know, you know, fans like us, the adults basically know that Brian's going to win. Or I I mean, you tell me if you think I'm um, wrong, but I absolutely think he's going to win that match. Um, so I feel like a lot of people feel like he's already going to win. So although you're right, if they put that stipulation in, you know, of course, that's what's going to happen. Uh, because my fear, and we kind of talked about this during our little, you know, kind of pre-show meeting is that if this Batista-Orton match is the last match, after Brian wrestles and, you know, after some of these guys wrestle, the crowd is going to crap all over the main event of WrestleMania. And I think they need to, they want to do anything they can to prevent that, or, well, maybe they, I don't know if they really care or not, but that's absolutely what's going to happen. So this would be, obviously, a great way of preventing that from happening.
0: Yeah, you could always do what, you know, a, a replay of WrestleMania 9 where, uh, you have Yokozuna versus Bret Hart. Yokozuna wins the match, and then Hoko Hogan comes down, gives him the leg drop, and he wins the title at the end of the night. I don't want to see that happening, but, you know, at, le- at least the fans might actually cheer Hogan. You go off that way. But, like I said, if that happens, there's more problems in the industry than, you know, you know what to do with. But, I don't know. I think that something we discussed pre previously, that you're not exactly in love with uh, Mania right now. And I... Can't, can't fault you for it, you know? So, I mean, what is, what's what's the thing that's really making you go, all right, mania, not that big of a deal yet?
1: I mean, we saw it with the Batista-Orton promo. I mean, did that make you interested in that match at all? No, of course not. Um, I thought the Cena-Wyatt thing was interesting. Um, Wyatt's been talking a lot about this stuff since he kind of got there about False you know, about people lying and about people lying to the people and he's the head liar because he's the most, you know, popular guy. And I, I think he kind of articulated that pretty well last night. So I think that is a pretty interesting storyline. Um and so you know, that's something that's interesting. The Brian and Triple H thing, not really super interested in that. Um, I did like the Brock Lesnar Undertaker setup. Not super interested in that match either. Um, And so, I don't know. There's not a match right now that I'm super interested in. Um, You know, to be honest, I was more excited about Elimination Chamber than I am about this potential WrestleMania. There's nothing on there that, like, really grabs me or that that I'm really interested in at this point. I think the Cena-Wyatt thing is interesting, but um, nothing that really, really grabs me.
0: Now, let me ask you this, and I know that from everything you hear that the whole tire Cena injury last night was part of a storyline so from what we're hearing you know he really wasn't he might have been hurt a little bit but it's not like that match is not going to happen as of right now but with them continuing last night with the shield and uh shield and Wyatt at the end where they were still didn't have fully resolved their issues do you think there's any way that they were trying to do like a little bit of a backup plan that because this match was so well received at the pay-per-view that we could maybe see, if something was really wrong with Cena, they still have the back pocket, another match with maybe some sort of stipulation of this, uh, the Wyatts
1: versus the Shield.
0: I hope not. Or does that just play I out know, on they, TV they, over the next couple? I, of hope,
1: weeks? I hope not. They had a fantastic match. You know, they had the main event uh, on Raw the next day. You know, I, I I think Cena. I don't know whether he. They say he's not legitimate hurt, so I don't. I, I think he's fine. Um, and, you know, if he does have a some type of tweak, he has, you know, 40 days to figure it out. Um, so I would prefer to for them not to, you know, do that again. They've done it with the Shield and the Wyatts. It was great. They were on Raw the next day, and it's it's over. Let's move on to uh, Cena and Wyatt at WrestleMania.
0: And you said you're... And I'm
1: sorry, I, I didn't hear you before. Are you interested in Cena Wyatt, or...? Yeah, yeah, like I said, I think they've done a good job with... Um, uh, it's good to see that you're listening. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for something important being said. <laughs>
1: um, I think they've done a good job with that storyline from right now, the way it, it stands now, kind of what, what Wyatt was saying. Um, the match itself, I mean, we'll see how that plays out, but I think that the storyline could be really fascinating as we move forward.
0: So, so right now it's Bray versus Cena. At least that's what we're being led towards, does, do you yeah. think that means that uh, Rowan and Harper don't get a match to the pay-per-view, or do you think they get stuck somewhere, uh, like in some sort of eight-man tag or something?
1: Who knows? I be honest with you, I could care less. Um, I like Harper. Rowan is terrible. Um, and so, you know, if they don't end up, if they just kind of come out with him, you know, they'll get a payday, and, you know, I'm not really worried about them. I, I see them, you know, maybe they'll do something with them. Uh, but I, that's not anything I'm really too
0: concerned with. I uh, just want to let people know that the raw number for this past week uh, came in a few minutes ago, and uh, they were up from last week. With uh, last week, they had four four point three million viewers. This week, it was four point six six million. So, and, you know, of course, you know, like every hour went down, but they started off with a very big four point eight nine. And, you know, to a second hour, 4.77, and then a 4.31. So it was the usual hourly it went down. But I guess the Elimination Chamber, the network, maybe uh, people finally realizing that Hogan was going to be there, maybe the Undertaker leaking and everything else, helped that number go up. So that's at least a good sign that there was most likely interest coming out of the chamber. So, I mean, I guess that's a good sign.
1: Yeah, I mean... You know, we, we talk about the rating every week, and, and we're going to continue to do it because it is, you know, kind of important. I think if the numbers, you know, I mean, that's five, 400,000 people. It's not, a, it's not a huge difference, you know? And I think as long as they're within that kind of four, three range, which they seem to be for the most part, I think it's fine. It'll go up, it'll go down. Uh, but as long as it doesn't vary too much within that kind of 500,000, 400,000 range up or down, I I think that, you know, they're they're okay.
0: Uh, Now, something else I wanted to get to before we take our first break, and we'll get back to uh, Raw and a lot of other stuff, but I wanted to know, what do you you think uh, the future is right now for Raw as a result of the network? Do you think that what we saw this past week with a lot of huge stars coming back, In the short term, to help promote the network? I mean, I don't know if I'm asking this totally correctly, but do you think that... Well, we've got Aaron Paul next week. Yo, bitch. (laughs) Science. Science, bitch. Hey, you know what? If Aaron Paul wants to take five minutes out of our day and and be there, it can't be any worse than anybody else, you know?
1: Who really cares? Uh, So is the show going to be different? I I don't know.
0: Or is I mean, it just it, WrestleMania season and we're just going to have bigger things going on and the, the I, network I mean, is kind of secondary?
1: The, these Raw's are going to be so crazy. The, the thing is that's interesting too, right, is they did a lot, you know, the beginning of Raw was like an infomercial for the WWE Network. They had Hogan talk about it for five minutes. They showed you the, 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 the network. I mean, they, they went over everything for like 10, 15 minutes of Raw, which is fine. I respect that they have to do that. The show's three hours. But with these shows being so long, they can still get the old guys coming out, promoting the network. They can have good matches like they did last night. They can promote the storylines for WrestleMania. So it's interesting in those three, with the show being three hours, they have a lot of room to do a lot of stuff. So I don't know if that the show will change because they need to drive people in to promote WrestleMania, to promote the network, Um you know, and there's still going to be tremendous matches. So I don't I don't see the show being different, but I do um, get the sense that they'll maybe bring in more legends to kind of promote the network.
0: All right, guys, um, we will be back in a few moments uh, with a little bit more discussion about Raw, the Elimination Chamber, uh, this little thing we call the WWE Network. They've been
2: booing the hell out of you, Dave. And as a matter of fact, I wouldn't doubt that even you're sorry that you came back. You're wrong, you couldn't be any more wrong, get this through your head. Everybody, I love this business. And something else that I love, is that they have a voice. But guess what, so do I.
0: Welcome back to WWE Network Doesn't Work, starring uh, Vince McMahon and Paul Levesque, or as we like to call it, the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Coy Richmond, joined by Jason Brooks, as always. And uh, if you want to continue to follow us, you can go and see the, the wonderful work Jay does on Twitter with uh, at Work shoot, Pod. Uh, I'm going to go and go a little bit different than I thought I would be doing when we came back. Like I said, we would mostly be talking a little bit more about Raw and Elimination Chamber, but this is something that I was kind of expecting possibly to happen last night, and it didn't. So I'm wondering if the window is closed and it's not going to happen now. One of the big names that, with the WWE Network happening, and as I was saying, one of the spokespeople possibly for the network on the WCWN being Ric Flair, but the other guy who has been rumored who is no longer with TNA Wrestling, a guy who has never been with the company, my favorite wrestler of all time, the icon, the man called Sting, wasn't there last night. Do we see him before Mania? Did not seeing him at the launch of the network, would that have been just one too many things? Do you, what do you, what's your opinion? I know I'm throwing this at you last minute, but a lot of people thought that we see Sting, to, you know, at the launch of the WWE Network last night, and there was no Sting. Do you think this is the, uh, do you think we still
1: see him, or he may not be in the cards? I, this is what I think about the Sting thing. I love Sting. Loved him back in the day. Um, think he, Although he stayed with T- TNA a little bit too long, I thought he did a good job with them. The show, WrestleMania, is pretty packed now. And they kind of know where they're going with things. I think Sting might be a special attraction type of person. Sure. There'd be no reason to bring him onto that show last night. They have Hulk Hogan and Undertaker and Brock Lesnar on the show. There'd be There's too much on the show, maybe you could say, as it was. To bring him back would be absurd. Um... Because it would really overshadow. He'd be overshadowed in his in his debut in the WWE. Um, I don't know what kind of impact he's going to have. I feel like him coming back may be more of a thing where the internet fans really want to see it rather than the actual WWE audience of 5 million people who watch every week really want to see it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it, he will be there, I feel like, at some point. I just... Don't really know when that is Maybe they'll announce him as a Hall of Famer And it'll be a surprise, who knows But um, it's, it's not a surprise to me at all That he wasn't there I didn't even think about him being in the, being there last night
0: Okay I mean, because for the last, you know, six months Even when he was with w, uh, WCW, Jesus When he was with TNA, a.k.a. WCW Light That WWE, when they would do packages On, you know, the greatest, you know, champions You know, You had, uh, when they're talking about WCW and U.S. champions, all these different packages they would do, Sting was in them for quite a while, and you would have thought maybe when Hogan did his speech about the people that he could have, you can watch on the network, as much as they've, you know, kissed Sting's uh, rear end over the last six months or so, I was a little surprised, you know, they didn't mention, you know, somebody from the WCW end... And I know, I know, the person who wins the war writes history, but you know, it was a little—I I thought it was a little interesting that you really didn't have much I, I mention you, of WCW, ECW, really, that much in regards to when they were hyping the network last night. It was almost, I, think you look,
1: I think you're looking. I think you look too. You're looking too deep into it. I think you're looking too deep into it. It was Hulk Hogan. He's the the, the he was in the WWF back then forever. Uh, headlined all those WrestleManias was the wrestler of the 80s brought wrestling into the mainstream he was there to promote the network he didn't even need to mention a million names i think it wasn't a big deal i think with the same thing i think you're looking way too deep into that i think he will be there at some point i don't think it was a big deal that he wasn't there yesterday um you know mainly because he would have been overshadowed even if they wanted him even if he was planning to be there that you know you know, they probably would have thought, oh, this is too much. This is doing too much um, on the, you know, the first night after the Elimination Chamber, building up wrestling storylines, uh, you know, all that. It would have been too much. All
0: right. I can respect that. Like I said, I'll be the first one to say I'm a Sting Mark. I'm a huge fan of Sting, always have been, you know, always will be. So, I mean, I, I'm i okay with the idea that him being there at some point at this point. Um, but let's get into something that I found very interesting that – has been brought up, I believe you brought it up in this show recently, uh, that Bray Wyatt-Roman Reigns match last night. Like we said, we saw some of the deficiencies in Roman Reigns as that match went a- along, but the crowd went and didn't really give that sh- that match as much leeway as I think some people thought it should have due to the fact that you have two guys that are trying to make made men as the future guys, you know when Cena and Triple H finally stopped wrestling and everything else. And the idea that they were starting to do their usual chants when they get, you know, frustrated after being there for so long, they started chanting for JBL and Randy Savage and everyone else. You brought up um, the fact that, you know, maybe they were a little too hard on them, and if you want to push guys, they hear everything in the back. But I think that I'm not sure if it's the wrestling fans job to pr- pr- to protect the guys if they do not like what they're seeing at that moment. And I would like to get your point of view, because I know you kind of, I don't know if you differ on that, but I, it felt like you kind of differed on that idea.
1: All right, so is the thing. These two guys, you know, the WWE fans have been clamoring for new stars to be made. You know, it's funny, I was watching the WWE Network, I couldn't watch any of the pay-per-views because they kept freezing up on me. But I did see the posters, you know, you can see the posters for them. Okay. And it had, like, the same five guys in every poster. Cena, Orton, they had Edge on a couple of them, Batista, The Rock, Um, especially, like, the 2000s, you know, after Austin retired. They had, like, the same three guys on every poster. And so Cena mentioned they haven't built stars. The fans want to see new people in there. And we got that chance last night. We've had that chance for a little while now with the Elimination Chamber last night or whatever. Granted, the match was slow. And being in these arenas with slow matches can be tough sometimes. But give the guys a little bit of a break. I feel like as a fan, yeah, you can crap on guys. You can do whatever you want. I mean, you get paid to do what you want. You can do whatever you want. But I feel like as a fan... I would want to respect these guys work and try to give them some you know give them some credit. If it was a horrible match, okay. It wasn't the best match in the world, we know Reigns Rain- needs work. But you know, they're working hard out there and they're doing what they what they what they can do. I think the other thing is the fans have been clamoring like I said for young talent. You have two guys who have been in the WWE for less than 2 years in the main event of Monday Night Raw. And they're getting crapped on. The WWE, The Office, Triple H, McMahon, Rick, Rick they hear the fans, right? But we say they don't listen to the fans enough. What is the WWE Office, Triple H, Vince McMahon, what are they supposed to think when they're watching the main event of Raw with two stars, two young stars, who I think they've done a good job of building up slowly, and the fans are still crapped on them? What are they going to think? Well, we got to bring back this old guy because we know the fans probably will be into them over giving these new guys a chance. If they're giving new guys a chance and the audience is still crapping on them, that's that may. I'm not saying you know one night is going to totally rethink their strategy, but over a period of time, you know it could really start to affect what they what they want to do and and giving us some new stars, which are badly needed. But don't you think
0: that? If guys get booed and things don't always go perfectly right, that it's a, it's a learning process and the fans that, can get
1: The fans can boo, but during the match, they're calling for they're calling out other guys' names. I think it's I think it's you know I think it's too much. They're not these aren't guys that the WWE is trying to stuff down our throats that the fans don't care about, but the WWE is trying to make us care about. These are guys that the fans have cheered in the past, that the fans do care about and do and feel connected to. Um, and, and so, you know. I don't know. I think
0: I would have a slightly bigger problem with this if the fans were booing like this at uh, during hour two of the program, or during the first hour of the program. I think that when and we've been there when you're there that three hours, three hour ten minutes of raw can be exhausting. The greatest thing in the history of wrestling might be the invention of the DVR. Because if you're not watching or in your case live tweeting as it's happening, you can fast forward, start late, catch up, and you don't feel like you've been there for 12 hours watching a paper, you know watching a show, especially when you're there live where you're just sitting there going, "Okay, I'm having a great time, but this show is just so long." And I think at some, at some point, the fatigue factor happens. And like I said, if they went and crapped on this match, and if this was at the beginning of the 9, at the nine o'clock hour or at the 10 o'clock hour, I would have a bigger problem. Like, like I said, these guys, what, what are these fans doing? But when, it's, when that match starts at what, 10.30, 10.40ish, you know, around that time, and it wasn't exactly the greatest pace match in the history of mankind, I think those fans
1: are tired. But yeah, I think that it happens. I think the fatigue thing could be an issue. But I, I also think one of the big issues, and you know, I at rewatching Raw, I thought about this, was that the fans really wanted to see The Undertaker. And you could tell when he came out, the fans went crazy for him. They, they seemed like they weren't fatigued when he came out. They were popping for him. And I, I think the fans really, really wanted to see him. And I think they were over what was going on, and they want they knew, they knew the Undertaker was coming out, and they really wanted to see the Undertaker come out. Um, so I think that was also a really big factor. I don't think the WWE placed those guys in the best spot. Very true. They should, they should have had, I don't know. I don't know what match you could have had in that spot, but I feel like that was a bad spot to have that match, and um, I think that's also a big reason why that happened. It just... It just worries me. I think it's a one week thing. I don't think it'll be anything bigger than that. But I think that's something that, um, you know, as fans, we have to think about.
0: Now, let me give, let's go a different direction on this one sec before we move on to our next topic. One thing that I had a slight problem was if you're going to have two guys who are the future, hopefully, of this company, do you give away a match like that free on television? These two guys have been very hot. Don't you put that on a. On a pay-per-view, well I know the pay-per-view model now has changed with the WWE network, which like I said, you know, you may not be able to actually watch. But I don't know, I think when you have two guys that are as over as at least we thought they were coming into last night, it felt a little weird giving away that match free on free on
1: regular television. So I also thought the setup I thought the I thought the setup for the match was weird. Um, He just said, all right, let's just go against each other. And he's like, all right, let's do it. You know, it was a weird setup for the match. I thought that was strange. Um, As far as giving the match away in a pay-per-view, I mean, you could, you know, you could make that case. It was on the main event of Raw. So, and they did have the three-way, you know, or the uh, six-man, sorry, six-man tag the day before. Um, so I, I didn't think that was as big of a deal, and you know how they it works. We're gonna see these match guys wrestle each other a million times. I think the bigger issue was I didn't like the setup for it, and I didn't like where they placed it. I don't think they, I don't think the WWE did the, these guys any favors how they set the match up and where they placed them uh, on the card. Now we'll talk more
0: about the Shield and the why it's as time goes on. But another thing that we spoke about momentarily in segment one was a guy that. Is basically, in my opinion, known as hashtag skinny jeans. Now, that's one Dave Batista, who is you know starring in Guardians of the Galaxy and is a big returning Hollywood star. Not really. The way that he's being portrayed, I know that some people have thought as a result maybe it's a little unfair at this point, and possibly he's getting the short end of the stick because of what happened at the Rumble, where everyone in that crowd wanted the Daniel Bryant moment for him to win the Rumble. And it was just Dave Batista and Rey Mysterio, especially that night, were basically put in an awful situation because the crowd wanted one thing and the company had decided on another thing. And it's continued. I mean, now we're doing the Bautista things and they're you know talking about it actually on television. I don't know how you feel, but I mean, is Batista is, is Batista be treating, unfa- you know, being treated unfairly by these fans right now?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And I, now, the reason why I think he's being treated unfairly is because I don't think he's done anything wrong. I think what's happening is it's a multi-layered issue. I think one, he shouldn't have been put in the main event of WrestleMania so soon. Make him win it at the Elimination Chamber. Make him earn it, where the fans are like, "All right, this guy, you know, busted his butt and he won this big match." Make him earn it that way. You know, that's one of the issues. Two, he hasn't been very good. You know, he's been rusty in the ring. I mean, the dude was out of breath during that promo. He's out of, you know, he's again, he's got ring rust. We understand that he was never great in the ring to begin with, so that's an issue. He's forty-six years old. You know. On the mic, he's not been good either. And I think when we saw him toward the end when he was the heel and he'd wear those pink shirts all the time and he was bugging out on the fans, he was awesome. We all loved him then. And John Cena talked about it in his interview with Stone Cold last week. He talked about finding your voice. And when Batista was cutting those promos as a heel in the pink shirts or whatever— I mean, it was a little bit of an extension on who he is. It may not have been exact. I don't think he's like that much of a, of a bad guy, but it was partly him. You know, he was angry about things that were going on at the time with the product. That is part of the reason why he quit. And that's why I think he was so effective. And now what we're seeing is this guy who is not, you know, he's not connecting with the fans because whatever they're writing for him is just not good enough. Um, I think he needs to find his voice in these promos, and really, maybe he's gonna do that on SmackDown. I guess he's gonna talk to the fans about whatever, tell the fans off, or whatever he's gonna do. Um, You know, he was also brought in as the Rock, and he's not the Rock. He's not the Rock at all. Um, Our buddy from uh, the Kitchen uh, Sink podcast, Eddie Z, never heard of. We were talking on Facebook about, um, you know. He basically mentioned, "Oh, the fans are crapping on Batista for returning, um, but the Undertaker returns and everybody loves him." But the difference is, one, the Undertaker can't—it only wrestle it, it only is a part timer because uh, his body won't allow him to wrestle more. Uh, two, he has something that Batista doesn't have right now—a strong connection with the fans, the kids, the adults, the females. Everybody loves him. And the WWE needs to figure out how to get Batista connected with the crowd, or they got to, to turn him heel.
0: Now, if you turn him heel, does that mean you got to, you got heel versus heel, or does that know. mean uh, the former, formerly known as Captain Boring, uh,
1: turns face? Which I mean, Corey, is a terrible is, face. Is there any way the fans aren't going to crap on that match? Do you, do you think the WWE? I think the WWE has to realize that if they have this match as the main event of WrestleMania, the fans are going to be going out of their mind. It's going to be like Cena and Orton at the Royal Rumble.
0: You know what? I think I think something that a guy who we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, who we haven't even mentioned to this point, which I'm actually surprised, because he actually gets mentioned every week one way or another. One of the big problems that uh, CM Punk had with uh, leaving was the idea that, yeah, I'm could be the, i the champion, but I'm not the main event of WrestleMania. I want to be the main event of WrestleMania. Now, if this if this match is going to be as cold and as disastrous as everybody thinks it is, unless, like I said, you somehow add Daniel Bryan to the mix, I don't think, that, yeah, we could say it's the main event because it's a title match, but I don't think that match is going on last. So, I mean, if it doesn't go on last, you could at least save the show a little bit where, you have either, you know, Undertaker Brock, you have Bryant versus Triple H, you have which I think the fans would still be upset if you had Cena versus Bray. I mean, you have other matches you can put at the end of the card, and unless something tra- dramatic happens, I don't see the main event, in my opinion with the main event is the final match of the evening, I don't see that being Batista versus Orin as it stands right now.
1: If Things stood as it does now with the card, the rumored card and what we kind of know, beyond, you know, what undercard matches there could be. Because I think these are going to be the biggest four matches. I could be wrong, but I think we think these are going to be the f- biggest four matches. What, And assuming Bryan isn't going to be in a triple threat or whatever, what, what do you think they do with Orton and Batista first? And second, if Orton and Batista aren't the main event, what do you think will be the main event?
0: Let's see. Um, I think that what they're going to do is what they kind of did the last couple of years, which the top of every hour you have another you have another main event quality you know match, aka you know main event uh, star in it. Where you know like you had Undertaker versus Punk in one of your uh, one hour leading the top of an hour. You had Brock versus Triple H. You had Rock versus Cena. And, you know, I don't remember what hour one was. It might have been, you know, Jack Swagger versus Del Rio or something. You know, can you believe that last year that was actually a title match? But um, I think that's where you most likely have to do every hour. You have a big match for the top of the hour. And I would put as your last match, as much as people might hate the fact of Triple H, the owner of the company, being in the, the final slot, I think you got to go with Brian and Triple H at the end of the show.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, But this is the question Will the fans be bugging out the whole show? Because, you know, the world title match was what it was, and the fans really want to see Brian be the champion. Do you think that the fans could possibly turn on WrestleMania? Do you think that that's possible? Well, you're saying that the first
0: that match is so unwanted that they they don't they kill the rest of the show no matter what order it goes in. I think you know what that when push comes to shove, I think if it's a good show and the it keeps on building and you know that you got that Bryant moment coming, I think the card will be okay. But if you're going and you get Bryant early and then you gotta suffer through other things until you get that which everyone thinks could be a a dud of a match in Batista and uh, Oren, I think that's where you have your problem. But I think that, like I said, I still think there's a chance if we see that CM Punk fella on on Monday when they're in Chicago, I still think there's a chance you can turn course, still get Punk versus, I think it's unlikely, but you can still get Punk versus uh, Triple H, and somehow, which especially my idea, you have Vince McMahon come out and say the authorities, you know, gone too far. The way that the match ended at the Elimination Chamber is ridiculous. Daniel Bryant you're in the main event to three-way.
1: I, I mentioned this on Twitter uh, uh, yesterday at Work shoot, Pod. The WrestleMania we talked about it. The card looks kind of flat. Like there's some, you know, the matches aren't bad, but it just seems to be kind of flat. Do they need a surprise? Do they, do they need to give shock us? Um, and I know it's harder for us because we read the stuff, we keep track of that stuff. We have to for the podcast. But do you think they they need to give us something, shock us, surprise us, in order to put some juice into this card? Or do you think, as it stands, it's okay, it's fine?
0: Uh. I don't, but you know what? I don't know what that juice is. I mean, The Rock's not coming in this year. Austin is. I, if Austin was going to be coming in, I think we would have heard something by now. Unless Absolutely. that's the dangling of a carrot, where you have Austin versus Punk, which I think would be so far, you know, wouldn't be a big enough thing this year. I mean, what is the dangling of the carrot? Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement and facing uh, either Punk or Daniel Bryan. I mean. I don't know what that that, that's gonna be. If that if that dangling carrot is Hulk Hogan wrestling, I think you I think that's a disaster. If your dangling carrot is, you know, stink coming in last minute, that's not a big enough thing. Goldberg is ten years past his prime, I mean or more, I mean I don't know what that dangling carrot is. I mean there's not exactly I don't know what it is. What what are you gonna give the fans that's gonna make them go and say, Oh my god CM Punk?
1: Against what? Against who? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I think, I think he's the one guy who can come in at this point and really shake stuff up. He's the one guy that can come in and shake stuff up. I'm not saying they're going to bring him back. I'm not saying they should bring him back, you know, whatever. But I am saying the card feels flat, and I feel like he's the one guy who can shake things up.
0: I don't know if there's. I don't like. I said. I mean, I don't know if the average fan even knows that he's left the
1: company. Yes, I. You think the average fan at this point knows? Absolutely. Or maybe hasn't left the company, but isn't around or whatever. He's not there. Why isn't he there? Well, after after the uh, after what's
0: after the Undertaker match at WrestleMania, he did one promo saying, "You know, I'm taking, I'm leaving," and then he was gone for you know. A bunch of time. I mean, I don't know if enough people realize that he's having a dispute and he's gone. That him coming back next week in Chicago is going to be the thing that makes everyone go and say WrestleMania
1: Thirty. It's a must-watch. I okay. So the average fan, and we talked about this before. You know the the whole thing with Sting, and I don't mean to rip people who follow wrestling on the internet. That's not what I was saying more of like the smart fans are really in the same state as the majority of fans really aren't, especially fans who've been watching just the WWE for all these years. I think with CM Punk, I do think the majority of fans are right. They don't know about the dispute. We know about it. Obviously the majority of fans don't, you know, the 13 year old kid, the 12 year old kid who doesn't follow it on the internet doesn't. But the difference is the fans are hearing all these chants You know, these kids are influenced by what they watch. And they're hearing the crowd chanting CM Punk all the time. So I think they're thinking, oh, where is he? It's not like he left and then no one's been chanting for him. The crowd still seems to be wanting to see him. And I think people at home who are watching see that. And so I do think him coming back is a big deal, even if fans don't know that he left. They know something happened.
0: All right, buddy. Uh, we're going to take our second break. We'll be back in a few minutes with a uh, little news, a little couple other issues. We'll see what we get to in that time period. But this is, uh, once again, the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks.
2: We will be back. What we know as NXT and are so proud of. We're going to put right there in the middle of that NXT ring, and we're going to stick a ladder in the middle. We're going to stick the NXT championship right above it, and we're going to tell Adrian Neville, come hell, come high water, come the creek, don't rise. Flip flop, but make a name for yourself with Bo Dallas, because the world will be watching. (laughs) Paige will take on Emma. Tony Zane gets his chance to step up with the Swiss Superman, We the People, Antonio Cesaro.
0: Welcome back to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks, where we always are able to get the WWE Network, if it actually uh, works. Uh, this time of the show, we always do a little uh, This Week in History and maybe a little bit news. So, uh, Jason, as I watch Kofi Kingston and... Curtis Axel on the live feed of WWE Main Event Replay, because that's the only thing I can get to be able to watch on our wonderful WWE Network. Let us know uh, what's going on this week in history, and maybe a couple of news items if you haven't.
1: So this day, 65 years ago, you know, my favorite wrestler of all time, and a lot of people's favorite wrestler of all time, the great Ric Flair was born in Memphis, Tennessee, born oh. as Richard Flair, was born in Memphis, Tennessee. So he is 65 years old today. So happy birthday, Rick. He is officially a senior citizen. Woo! And uh, February 26 of 1926, Vern Gagne was born in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. Now, for a lot of you guys listening, you may think, you know, Vern Gagne, who the hell was he? Uh, well, he created and starred in uh, uh, AWA, um, a federation, you know, from Minnesota. A lot of stars came from AWA, most notably Scott Hall, Kurt Henning, you know, the Rockers, Shawn Michaels, and Marty Janetty started there. So a lot of great uh, talent started in the AWA in the nineteen eighties. Um, so Vern Gagne, I mean, I, I believe he's bit, um, you know, past, you know, he's the, actually still he alive, away. but you know, he is still he's still a member of the living. Is he?
0: Yes, unless Wikipedia is wrong. He is still alive.
1: Wow, good for him. Happy birthday, Vern Gagne. Look at him doing it up and still still living. God bless him. Um, okay, so now I do want to talk about the network, and there's some some news with the network. So we're experiencing these glitches. I don't know if you guys bought the network. I actually paid for the network. Corey just did the one-week trial, Um. If you've done the live streaming, it's worked fine probably for most people. It has for me, it has for Corey. However, the video on demand service has been an absolute disaster. I mean, you can't watch anything, it freezes up, uh, all this other stuff. I don't know if they didn't test the thing before they decided to give it to people. But um, the WWE did issue a statement via WWE Network Twitter page, so it's good. So if you don't know what's going on, Twitter will tell you. Uh, regarding the technical glitches with the network's video-on-demand feature. This is a direct quote from them. We are currently experiencing technical issues with the WWE Network's video-on-demand library affecting 20% of the viewers. 20% of the viewers! We're working with MLBAM. Uh, we expect to have this issue fully resolved by 6 p.m. tonight. If only 20% of the viewers is affected, I don't think I'd have to put this statement out. Um...
0: I think they meant to say twenty percent actually are able to view. <laughs> and I believe if you have uh, an Xbox. And if you have an Xbox three sixty, you don't have to even worry about, you know, being able to view it. From what I've seen and heard, Xbox 360 not working. Apple TV was working a little bit, was suspended at one point today. I think it might be back up now, but uh, there are some problems brewing. I know it's only the first day and a half, but the WWE Network.
2: Uh, you know, though,
1: yes, it's only the first day and a half. But you know what? Figure it out. It's ridiculous. You're giving us a product that people are paying for, and this is a one week trial. So you're, seeing, you're, you're saying to yourself, man, do I want to invest money in this thing because I don't know if it's going to work or not? So it's not working. So how are you going to get people to spend their money on this if it doesn't work? It's ridiculous, and for dummies like me who paid for the freaking thing, and it doesn't work, like I was pissed off watching it because nothing—it didn't work. I was pissed off, and they said the issues would be resolved by uh, six p.m. I just went through it during our little, you know, little break in between the segments, and stuff still wasn't working. It still wasn't working. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think it's ridiculous. I think if you're going to put a product out there, you've got to get it working. Immediately. Uh,
0: I can't disagree with that. I mean, at least, though, with the live, the live stream, we now know that uh, Xavier Woods is still on TV because uh, he was on main event this past week.
1: Oh, great. I can watch backstage pass or whatever. Uh, these awful shows that they are giving us on the live streaming. I just put it on, um, I I don't know, some match with the Hardy Boys and whoever, some pay-per-view. It played for a minute, and now it's completely stuck. I mean, (laughs) you can't give fans, you can't give people a product, and then the thing doesn't work. It's Uh ridiculous. People are going to ask for their money back. There's going to be issues. They need to do a better job here. They need to have done a better job here. We sense that there that there may be issues, but now these issues are all coming to the surface. And this is this is ridiculous, ridiculous. But I know it's the internet. I know they don't know exactly how many people are going to be streaming the content until they actually get people in you know in it. But man, this has just been so crappy. Oh, Corey, it's been so. It's, it's there's so many issues. I mean, I'm looking at a frozen screen right now. The screen's frozen. I paid $60 for this crap for the next six months. And I'm watching a frozen screen. I'll pay $10 more if the damn thing works.
0: Ridiculous. Don't give them ideas. $9.99 sounds like a nice price for them. Well, the next thing that's going to be on this network is on Thursday. It's a little show called NXT Arrival uh hopefully uh people aren't frustrated by the problem so much they don't even give this show a chance because it looks like it could be a pretty good card which you got uh, neville versus bo dallas in the ladder match you got emma versus the returning page for the women's title and you've got cesaro versus Sami Zayn. those are three really good matches that uh me and Jay will be trying to watch if the network doesn't totally, you know, drive Jay off his rocker by the by the time Thursday
1: happens. I, you know, I'm going to watch, and so now I'm watching an ECW pay per view, and uh, now I froze again. There it is. I'm, you know, I, I can't. I'm not even going to watch anymore because I'm going to get more angry and start cursing. All right, so. I, Corey, what's your take on this? I mean, to me, this is. You only did the one week trial, so you didn't pay for it uh, yet, or if you will. But I feel like this is absurd. This is horrible to have fans. For the fans who paid for it, it's ridiculous. And for the fans who are doing the trial period, it's ridiculous as well. You bring up some good points here. I mean,
0: I think when push comes to shove, this will all be fixed. And maybe they were too big of a rush to make sure this was out by WrestleMania that they didn't maybe beta test this enough, even though from what you've people have said that within the company that they were beta testing this thing for like two or three weeks and they weren't, I guess, having as many problems. So, I mean, you know, it's one thing when you got, you know, a couple of hundred people beta testing it, and it's another thing when maybe two hundred thousand people are trying to use this this service. So, I mean, there are going to be problems. Um, I think that the, the network is a great idea, but I think it's going to be right now. It's a way-and-see approach, and right now what the people are seeing is
1: nothing. Nothing. We're, not seeing, we're seeing a frozen screen and backstage pass with Booker T, Ric Flair, and Josh Matthews. I'm all set. Oh, uh,
0: God, this is going to be a fun uh, fun couple of weeks if the, if the network is a disaster. Uh, six months of, of Jason uh, watching Frozen screens and losing his mind. But yeah, that's half the fun of doing this show.
1: No, you know what? I'm not going to lose my mind. I'm just not going to watch it, and I'm going to email these idiots back and try to get my money back, which I'm sure I won't get. It's only been a day. I understand that. I know I should probably be more patient. I've been accused of not being patient enough in my life. No, that's fine. But I feel like if you pay for something, you should get it.
0: The world's most relaxed and calm driver saying he's may not have may have patience problems. Yeah. Uh, can we move on to something else, or do you want to keep on venting about the, the network for, for a few more minutes?
1: No, no. Um, actually, some, so so I know we don't talk a lot about Ring of Honor on the show. Um, a lot of our fan, a lot of people who listen to us. A lot of our fans. We don't have any fans. We have some people who listen to us. A lot of people who listen to us may not um, watch Ring of Honor or be super familiar with it. I'm a huge fan since they came out on TV. Um, you know, Corey watches the product. Uh, we're gonna hopefully go to a live show uh, in about, you know a couple months. So what's happening is, and if you guys aren't familiar with New Japan Wrestling ring of honor is actually going to collaborate with uh ring around is going to collaborate with new japan in kind of a talent exchange um it's going to be over the next few months the first shows where the japanese wrestlers will be on in ring of honor will be may 10th in toronto and may 17th in new york city um i would try to pronounce these names of the japanese wrestlers but i it'll be an absolute disaster um, but their champion, um, their intercontinental champion, their junior heavyweight champion, uh, and Jushin Thunder Liger. Obviously, you guys may know him from the past. So they're all going to be there, um, and they'll be exchanging chat, uh, talent over the next few months. That you know, and and I like that. That's something exciting that the independent companies are doing to try to you know gear fans up for the product, and um, you know I think it's a good thing.
0: I can respect anything that they do. Try to give the fans the best possible product. And I'm really happy the fact that ROH is continuing to go and try to do something different. Yeah, I agree. And not be stale. And like you can say a lot of times, the TNA and even the WWE when it's not, you know, the mania season happens. I mean, they realize that the, the product could be a little bit, you know, a little bit better right now. And they've decided that the best thing to do is to go and work with another company. And New Japan Pro Wrestling has actually most likely been the best product over the last year or so. And they've had, you know, successful eye-pay-per-views. They've actually been one of the only companies that's been able to do that successfully, something that ROH hasn't been able to do. That's a totally different subject for another time. But I respect the steps they're taking, and it would be really interesting, especially the fact if we wind up going to... uh, the show on May 17th in the Hammerstein Ballroom, which I believe will be an iPay-per-view. It'll be great to see some of these guys that you only hear about. Or if you go on, you know, like a Google Chromecast or one of these other portable devices, you're able to see. I mean, I'd love to see Okada, Tanahashi, Prince Devitt, you know, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, if if he'll be there this time around. These guys are some of the best workers in the business right now. And if they're going to be facing some of the best guys in the ROH, you know, the Michael Elkins, the Jay Lethals, the uh, Adam Coles of the world, that's that only could be mean one thing. Great, great product for the fans.
1: I agree. I agree. And the last news item that I want to get to um, that I know, Corey, you mentioned you wanted to talk about. And I don't know if you have anything after this. But um, so in a bit of TNA news, and I know these are two things we don't talk about much at all, TNA and Ring, or, and Ring of Honor. Um, So you're more than welcome to uh, shut your iPod or um, device off now. But in TNA News, new tag team champions were crowned at the house show. The Wolves, Eddie uh, Edwards and Davey Richards, who um, defected from Ring of Honor recently, they defeated the Bromans in Morgantown, West Virginia, to win the TNA tag team titles. Um, So the interesting part about this And, you know, Corey, obviously, you know, you were the one who kind of brought this up to me. The idea that they taped their shows already. Uh, TNA has taped their shows leading up to lockdown, which I think is March 9th. So, on the next few shows, the Bromans are going to still be the tag team champions. Yet, they aren't the tag team champions. So... One, what do you think about that? Two, you know, wh- why would they do that? And you know, I'm very curious to see how how this is going to go. Why would they? Why would they do that? It Does, doesn't seem to make sense to me.
0: I mean, I think it makes sense that you put the titles on someone besides the bromance, because I yes. just think that in the long run, the bromance wasn't getting over, and the and their the attempt to make them something relevant for a couple of weeks I thought personally worked. But when you start having them, you know, jobbing out to Samoa Joe and being, you know, an afterthought in the whole Dixie Carter storyline, I think it was a smart thing to do. But it makes you wonder why they didn't do it during the shows in in England when they were overseas, these large crowds where the wolves were very over, to say the least. Um, I think it's that whole tie idea of... When you go to a live show, anything could happen. Where, you know, last year or the year before, you actually had The Undertaker come out at a house show, and I believe in Houston, before he actually came back on TV. So it was one of those live experiences. But I think it's one of those things that, I don't know why, you just don't wait until lockdown.
1: It doesn't make any sense. I mean, well, the reason why they probably won't do it at lockdown is because the wolves are going to be part of this, a part of this, this um, the, the eight man match, right? Or I, you know what? Thing. You're right.
0: I totally forgot about. It. Look, yeah. look who actually watched full uh, full two hours of Impact when one of us may have not finished watching this week.
1: Oh, <clears God. throat> it's, it's awful to watch that every week. But anyway, wow, the show's well, actually the show's actually been okay. lately. Okay. It's been okay. I was about I'm to joking. say uh, what, what just happened. Show's been there? Okay. But, I, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's why. And they did not announce them um, as part of that whole, that match. Uh, basically, there's a match. Dixie Carter is the president of the company. MVP um, was brought in as the quote-unquote uh, new investor. And at lockdown, they're going to have a match. I believe it's an eight-man tag to determine who's going to have cr- creative control over TNA, Dixie Carter, or MVP. And so, we believe that Eddie Edwards and David Richards will be involved in that match along with MVP and then, you know, whoever else he gets in there. So, maybe that's why they don't have them, you know, do that, uh, you know, in terms of the tag team title chances, because they're already going to be in a match. Right. I, I mean,
0: I know you never look at the spoilers. and I'm not going to give you anything from the spoilers. But one of the matches that's on this week's show is the bromance... Versus the Wolves, versus Kazarian and Daniels in a three-way match. It should be awesome. So I mean, that should be good on paper. But let me say it this way: as far as everyone knows, when they left England, the bromance was still champion. You take that for whatever you like. But um, it's interesting I, to see. I you know, think it's
1: different. another thing that Cena is doing that shows why they're not, why you can't take them seriously. You know, this isn't a huge deal. But it's just another indication as to why you can't take them seriously. When Ring of Honor is doing things like collaborating with New Japan and their storylines make sense, and they're bringing in these guys, and you know, and then TNA does stuff like this. It's it, it shows why they're 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 not they're the second company, but it also shows why they're a second-rate company. Ring of Honor is an indie company, we know that, but they're not a second-rate company. They just don't have the production value. And you know the costs associated, like the WWE does, but TNA is a second-rate product, and these are the things that they do that continue to to uh, make us realize why they're a second-rate product.
0: You know, I love to try to go and defend uh, TNA on this, but I just don't understand it. Like I said, I, unless they're going to go and have another house show and have them win back the titles before Thursday, I think this is. Dumb, especially when more people or more people watch your your television than order the pay-per-views. So the the uh, the match after lockdown, I don't understand why you just don't have them win the titles that following show.
1: Doesn't make sense to
0: me. I don't know. Like I said, it's one of those things, and usually we'd like to go and give you know companies more time when we actually bring them up. But I think uh, we've given enough time to both TNA and ROH this week. Now, while you were going on your mini-rant of anger about the WWE Network, I try to slide in a little bit of a cheap plug and comment about uh, this Thursday, NXT Arrival, which I once again will will say we have three matches we definitely know about. We have, for the, the NXT title, we have Neville versus Bo Dallas in a ladder match. Women's title match, we have Emma, who we've now seen on the, the main roster over the last couple of weeks, which they're using terribly, but that's a thing for uh, uh, disaster. As my partner goes and starts doing the Emma dance, I'm just waiting to see bubbles in the background. Uh, Emma versus Paige, who is a very good worker in her own right. The other match we know about is Cesaro versus Sami Zayn. Um, Jay, as a guy who watches NXT... You want to give us a couple of thoughts on, on this big two-hour event that we're going to see on the network, which we will actually see unless the live feed actually goes down.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe that—that's that'll that'll be next, and I'll take my PS3 and throw it out the window. Um, I, uh, I even though it's not the PS3's fault. Um, so I, I think it's going to going to be a good show. It's going to be a great showcase for NXT. Um, the ladder match is going to be great. I don't love Bo Dallas or Aaron, Aaron Neville as characters in the WWE in terms of being any type of real impact, but I do think they're good in the ring, and Aaron Neville's amazing in terms of his um, high-flying moves. So I think that'll be a really fun uh, match. Um, I really like what they're going to do on this card, uh, Antonio Cesaro and Sami Zayn, who I you know, I, I've said I think they need to do a little bit more with this character. I think they're going to have a terrific match. Both guys were with Ring of Honor, and have uh, chemistry together, which we saw in a two out of three falls match. And Emma and Summer will get to kind of go, out, or Emma will go against Paige, who is the best, you know, the the best women's wrestler that they have. Uh, uh, maybe Natalia, but really she's awesome. Paige is awesome, and so that'll be a really fun match. So it's going to be a good a good showcase for the for the NXT people.
0: Now, this is something that I think this will be the last thing we talk about before we call it a day this week, is if people watch NXT, if they do watch this two-hour special on NXT, which both of us us will watch, and I know that we're smart enough to know that these guys aren't going to be coming up on the main roster, most of them, anytime soon. But do you think that if people watch NXT, do you think some of these casual fans or people who haven't watched NXT before Are you going to be confused the fact that they don't wind up seeing them on WWE television? By having them, you know, actually giving them a little bit of a plug. I know they didn't go and say 47 times we're going to see NXT arrival, but, you know, they did mention it a couple of times. They didn't show any, you know, graphics saying, you know, Neville versus Bo Dallas in a ladder match. But do you think some people might be a little confused where you see Sami Zayn versus Cesaro, but then you don't see Sami Zayn on Raw or SmackDown? Anytime soon?
1: Yes. I, I do think that it will confuse many of the casual viewers, especially the kids. Um, I think the way they can get over that is when they have this NXT arrival, they talk about developmental and they talk about that these guys are getting better and the main roster and what it takes to get on the main roster. If they kind of go through the process of explaining that, that'll help. But I think if they don't really explain it, I think the casual fan will be kind of confused as to how how it works and why Sami Zayn's on his TV after wrestling this great match and what's the NXT title and what does that mean in relation to the WWE World Heavyweight Title. I think fans will have have some questions, so um, I think there's some explaining they need to do just to keep just so the casual fans kind of know what they're watching. Um, but I, you know, they should be able to do that without much of an issue. Now, do you think, though, with the NXT
0: show, now that it's on the network and it's going to be something that maybe people watch a lot more who may have not watched on Hulu because they didn't really either realize it was on or it was just another thing that they didn't want to deal with, do you think that you could have guys who are on the main roster come down to NXT and lose? Because I mean, if you're having guys on the main roster come down and lose, you know, lose matches, wouldn't you, as an average fan, think, well, if this guy or this woman just beat a person, should they be on the main roster?
1: I, I agree with you, hundred percent. I will say this: other than watching Kofi Kingston lose about a month ago uh, to Alexander Rusev, who obviously you guys have seen the vignettes for, and they're trying to they're going to bring him in. Very few times, and they you know they bring these guys back all the time. I and mean, I've probably watched every show for the last I don't know I don't know however long too long I have way too much time on my hands. But out of all the shows I've watched, I can't remember other than Kofi losing a time when a WWE talent, other than maybe Natalia, maybe one of the women have have lost. But other than that. I have not seen any uh, active WWE wrestler lose to an NXT superstar.
0: Well, you know, didn't the whole "tie Sami Zayn Cesaro" thing start with uh, Sami Zayn beating Cesaro, and then you had the two out three fall match, and now you could have
1: this one. I, I thought Cesaro, I thought Cesaro won, and then Zayn won in the two out three falls match. I could be wrong on that. Um, I, I, I definitely could be wrong on that. But I have not seen too many. Times, let's put this way, I haven't seen too many times where the WWE wrestler has active roster wrestler has lost to an NXT wrestler. I haven't seen that often at all. So I don't think that'll be a big thing, a big deal, and I don't think you'll see that much anyway.
0: All right, and like I said, we're gonna. This last thing I'm gonna say on this: Does that mean that uh, you can't have you can't have Sami Zayn beat Cesaro then? Because if, like I said, you're gonna get the issue if Sami Zayn just beats Cesaro, unless it's by some unless it's by countout, which I think would look really bad, and especially with Cesaro actually becoming a bigger guy, do you have, you know, one of your most, you would hope one of your most over guys in NXT lose to Cesaro? Doesn't that make it, then does it make uh, Sami Zayn look like a nobody? I mean, it's a very yeah. tricky situation that I know that, you know, only a handful of people might actually watch it, and we're overestimating this, but I mean, I think it's a little rough when you, you're going to have, You can say the same thing about Emma facing Paige. Do you have Emma win the title, and then she's going to go and what? She's supposed to have Emma versus, what are you going to have, a unification match? Emma versus AJ at Mania or something? I mean,
1: what do you do? Okay, okay, that's interesting. So the first part of it was Cesaro. I think he's going to win anyway, so I don't think that's a fact. Oh, so you do think think, Cesaro's going to win. Okay. and And I think you have to have Cesaro win, too. I think the fact he was just in the elimination chamber, they're obviously giving the guy a push. I think you have to have him win. You know, who knows, but I I think you have to have him win. The Emma thing is very interesting because now she's on the main roster, they've been pumping her up pretty good, and now she's going to go against this woman with this black hair who knees girls in the face like a dude. Uh, have you ever watched Paige? I mean, she's very physical in the ring. So... They're gonna have her go against Paige, and I don't think Paige is gonna lose. Or if you have Emma win, then Emma's the NXT champion, but she's on the active roster. I think that's and and like I said, nobody really cares. But uh, as the NXT mark, I find it pretty interesting as as far as what they're going to do with her. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's I think that's a fascinating one.
0: I mean, I think your only way that you can what you can do is. I know, like I said, we're talking about NXT a lot right now, and there is a reason why we're talking about NXT so much, and we'll explain in about a minute or so. But I guess you could do—you can continue your story that's going on Raw, where you have the uh, the boss Sasha Banks and uh, Ugly Flair and Summer yeah, Rae. No, uh, she's
1: cute. What are you talking about?
0: You think that sh- I Flair's she's Flair's daughter is attractive?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ooh.
0: You don't think she's attractive? No. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? She looks like Ric Flair with a wig on. Oh, I'll, I'll stop. Ric Flair was a handsome man back in the day. <laughs> okay. But I guess you could have uh, their group, you know, cost uh, Emma the match, Paige stays champion, and then you could continue the Summer Rae versus Emma feud with uh, Fandango and uh, Santino Morella. I guess that's how you get it. And out, and I guess in the same respect, I guess you could continue the idea of the separation between Jack Swagger, the, the little bits of problems with Swagger and Cesaro, where Swagger's on the NXT show and Sami Zayn wins because of the distra- you know Cesaro is distracted by Swagger. I mean, There's ways out of this.
1: Well, that's or- interesting. Well, okay, so that's interesting. So uh, you know I me, mean? I'm a big picture guy. It's interesting to break down all these NXT storylines. I mean, people are probably sleeping right now. But the but the interesting thing is will they continue storylines in the wwe on nxt because nxt is almost its own universe it's almost it is its own show right but it's kind of almost its own company in a way you know they have their own champion they have their own uh woman's champion diva's champion whatever you want to call it uh they have their own storylines so how do they incorporate do they they incorporate the wwe storylines into the nxt storylines and vice versa Versa or not? I think that's that's an interesting kind of subplot of them now being on the WWE Network.
0: That's very interesting. And uh, now, before we call it a day, the reason why we were talking so much about NXT, besides trying to give them a little love, is if we can actually watch NXT, and Jay and myself will keep you updated on Twitter and Facebook if something changes, but... We are going to go and have two shows this week. Well... (laughs) It may not be the longest show in the history of mankind.
1: We may may have a show. I may be inebriated when we have this show. That's even more fun. Yeah. Well, we may have a show. Go
0: ahead. ahead. But uh, on Friday, we are looking to do an NXT Arrival show. And give a little bit more update on what's been going on with this wonderful thing called the WWE Network. Maybe the VOD issue will be fixed by then. And if anything breaks, breaking news, and maybe TNA. But we're looking to do a show on NXT and a little bit more seeing what's going on with the WWE Network uh, this Friday. Like I said, if it doesn't happen, Jay or myself will let you guys know. But as of right now, we'll be getting two episodes. Of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast this week. So that means if you decide to listen to the first one, maybe you'll listen to the second one. And, you know, maybe if CM Punk decides to leave again, we'll do a third one. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Jay, let's uh, let everybody know how you guys can uh, follow us on all the wonderful uh, avenues from the Facebook to the Twitters and everything else that we do. And after that, I'll say goodbye for the 14th time.
1: All right, so uh, you can find us on Twitter. That's always the best way to find us. Um, I live-tweeted live the Elimination Chamber. Um, I live-tweeted the Rumble. I live-tweeted every Raw since we've kind of started this over the last few weeks, probably like the last month or month and a half or so, live-tweeting Raw, kind of sharing my thoughts. Um, and so, yeah, find us on Twitter. We post links to our site. We put news on there. You know, all that good stuff. Facebook. Um, we have a Facebook page, the Worked Shoot Podcast. Um, oh, on Twitter, by the way, if you don't know. Worked Shoot Pod. That's how you find us on Twitter, Worked Shoot Pod. Uh, Facebook, the Work Shoot Podcast. Um, we have a page. And obviously you can find us on iTunes, uh, Worked Shoot Wrestling Podcast. And you can find us also at a uh, website, worked.podomatic.com. Worked Shoot, sorry.
0: Thank you, my good friend. Uh, and as always, just going to give a nice plug to our buddies also on Potomatic, The Kitchen Sink, starring Eddie Z, who's been on our show, and Chris Wizzy, Chris Wizard, as he likes to be called. Um, they, they once again have done a great job. They had their uh, very long and very good uh, Star Wars podcast This past week Which I was actually on When they did their Top 5 80's movies So you should check that out And they'll be doing Another show Coming up this week Once again If you want to Listen to them It's uh Dot Potomatic Dot com And uh, Once again guys Check out their podcast Where they talk about Everything Including the kitchen sink Except for Politics and that pesky little thing called religion. But for Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks, have a great week and uh, hopefully the WWE Network works, and uh, we'll be back
2: on Friday. See ya. This world has an infection, and the virus is the human race. Hmm. And through all these troubling times, John. Huh? It makes all the sense in the world that you would paint yourself right in the middle. I mean, after all, what would the world be without its hero? What would the world be without its knight in shining armor here to save the day? But people like you, John, you're hollow, you're full of empty promises. You promise to save these people. You you promise to keep them safe. You tell them that everything will be all right just as long as you're around. (laughs) Liar. You're a liar. You are a liar, John Cena. This is a terrible world, a cold, cold, dark, and a lonely place. You stand for these illusions, but I stand for everything that is real. Now you say, the future has got to come through you first. And I couldn't agree more, John. <laughs> but please, excuse me, allow me to properly introduce myself. My name is Bray Wyatt. And we are the Reapers that bring death to this era of lies. Well, Mr. Wyatt, as long as we're exchanging pleasantries, my name is John Cena. I'm telling you one thing right now. So much as one of y'all slide under this bottom rope, I promise you this. You starting something, son. You starting something you may not be able to finish. So if you make that move, you just remember, it's go time, Jack.